I'm Martin SFP Bryant, and you're listening to Geek Out Weekly. Every Friday, Matt Navarra and I get together on Twitter Spaces to discuss the week's social media news, based on what's in our weekly Geek Out social media newsletter, which also comes out every Friday. This week, we discussed the fleeting life of Twitter's fleets, Facebook's deflection over introspection, and loads more. Just to let you know that over on the Geek Out with Matt Navarra podcast feed, you'll soon be able to hear our interview with Will Cathcart, head of WhatsApp, in which we get his response to a blistering dress down from a UK spy boss over encryption and lots more. That'll be up on Monday, July 19th. And this coming Wednesday, July 21st, look out for our live interview with Shimona Mehta, head of EMEA for Shopify, where we'll dig into the social shopping revolution, a really big theme for this year. That's at 11.30am British summertime, 6.30am Eastern US time, sorry, on Twitter spaces. But back to right now, let's go over to Matt to kick things off. Let's uh, jump into all the stuff that's in the newsletter, which is at the top of the space, because there's loads in it again. Um, so the first thing I was in there, I spotted this morning, this is the tweet from um, uh, Kayvon, isn't it, at Twitter, who's mm-hmm. head, of pro- head of product there. Um, he has put out a tweet about whether, would people like to have the ability to edit tweets as part of the Twitter Blue subscription? Now, that, if that's not something that would sell it, I don't <laughs> know what it is. Um, I'm personally very much anti-edit button anyway, so this is not a good news story for me. Um, but they, 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 interestingly, the poll also reflects that view that yeah. more, more people pr- would, are saying they wouldn't want it part of I'm the Twitter I'm surprised blue. by that. But I'm is that is, I typed yes. I typed yes on that poll because I so many times when I've just tapped, I've just tweeted something like, oh, that's a good tweet. And then I send it out and then it gets three likes in like the first few seconds or whatever. And then I look and I'm like, Oh no, there's a typo. Do I really want to lose those likes or that retweet or whatever that might have helped kick it off and give it a, a, a nice boost to get it going? And you either have to live with live with the typo and uh, or risk losing the engagement. Yeah. So do you uh, think, do, do you think it's um, the, the people have said no, they don't want it? Is because it's no, they don't want an edit button, or is it no, they don't have to pay for it? It's <laughs> part of Twitter, Twitter Blue. Point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but I think for me, that's something that would actually get me to sign up for Twitter Blue if uh, it was available in uh, in the UK. Purely for for the occasional typo, but I think I would have to be, be true to my values. I've said all along that I don't want an edit button, so there's no good me now subscribing to something that's going to be an edit button and in it, using it in any way. Otherwise, all my values go out the window. Um, the other thing that I noticed this week was uh, someone sent me some footage or screen screen grab of uh, Instagram uh, feed. So when you scroll through the feed uh, on this beta version of it, I guess uh, it has uh, shows you a video full screen as you're scrolling. So if you scroll through your feed, there's lovely photo, lovely photo and then someone's got a video that's posted, it suddenly makes the screen automatically, without you doing anything, full screen, like a full video. And if you keep scrolling, it kind of shrinks back down again to a small. Um, it's a bit weird, but it's also quite clever. Um, I'm sure a lot of people will hate it, uh, but who knows? They did talk about this. I think um, Adam Mosery said in mm. recent discussions about they were looking at leaning into sort of full screen video stuff. So I think it's probably fair to say it's likely to to be out for, for most of us at some point or, or a variation of that, I don't no. Have you yeah, seen this, it, was it was interesting to see that uh, Twitter uh, seems to be uh, testing a uh, full-width photos uh, version of the feed as well. Uh, Jane Manchin Wong um, 
revealed this week uh, through her digging around in the code. So uh, um, full screen, um, kind of full width stuff seems to be the uh, seems to be the order of the day, the, the style of the moment. Everyone wants this big, immersive kind of in-your-face. They want to have everything at uh, you know HD level, whatever. So, yeah, I think uh, it, it's all following the same trend, isn't it? Um, let's have a look at some of the other bits and pieces as well, because there's a load of uh, things in at the beginning. And so starting off with Facebook's $1 billion fund for creators. Um, so this is off the back of a lot of other companies, similar companies doing the same sort of thing with different creator funds in some guise or another, where you can do something for these platforms, probably providing the content isn't what they want and you just sort of make them your main platform and you'll get a, a load of cash and i think you know snapchats has been the one that's been sticks to my mind as the, kind of one of the biggest ones in terms of a million a day at one point wasn't it they, they gave away hundreds of million 150 200 million dollars or something um but i think the numbers if there's a chart that's further down in this newsletter that was put out by um, the information which shows um, all the different creator funds and who's paying how much and under what rules to get the money uh and tiktok unsurprisingly is up there with like a similar figure as Facebook. So they're trying to spend themselves, uh, spend their way into the minds of creators, given the fact that they are late to the party for a lot of this stuff, because this isn't traditional territory um, for Facebook in terms of like all of these different monetization features, but also with the fact that it's still playing catch up with, with TikTok. So um, they're still, I think they could probably buy their way into creators' minds when you said. Certain creators, yeah, and let's face it, creator is a pretty broad term, and there yeah. are so many people out there who create things. I think when, when you hear creator, you tend to think kind of YouTuber, like big name YouTuber and stuff. But there are so many. I watched, uh, I, I read, sorry, an article um, this week uh, from uh, Insider, which said um, how much a um, uh, a Twitch streamer makes in a month, and I was expecting it to be like five figures or whatever, and it was like two and a half K <laughs> like pretty, uh, you know, all right. Okay. Well, that's it's, not great. It is it? a matter of the, the lot at the moment. It's skewed to being either lots of people, the majority make very little in this world mm. of creators or, and then at the other end of the extreme, it's that kind of uh, 1% that makes a lot. Um, yeah. what, but this is now all about kind of bringing up the middle class of creators yeah. who kind of like are not in, you know, neither of those things. And so I think in general, this is, this is a great time to be a creator. There's a lot of money up for grabs. So um, yeah, have a look at the details because there's lots of bits in the New York Times piece and I'm sure everywhere else as well about what, what you have to do to get some of this money. Uh, and if you want to rebrand yourself as a creator to make sure you're, you're in, in with a chance of getting some. Um, Twitter for prof professionals. This is not new news in the sense that there was room, there was bits about this earlier on in the year, but there's been some new screenshots of the Twitter for professionals mode and a creator mode, which is actually something we've, we've already got on Instagram and on TikTok and other platforms where you can have a professional profile or a creator profile and ultimately it just reconfigures the features that are more visible and prominent to you and enables things that maybe you wouldn't have been able to do before because you need it as a of creator or a professional or a business so it looks like twitter's gone go, gone or going down that same route but uh, it's still not active yet is it would you i, mean, I think it, i don't maybe someone said they were testing it i'm not sure publicly testing it i can't remember um twitter for professionals sounds like it could be quite good basically all the power users isn't it yeah, yeah, I think it's it's a great idea. Obviously, we've we've got business accounts that are, are starting to roll out already. So yeah, um, give people a bit more of a chance to uh, put put uh, their professional side forward or their creator side forward. Show a bit more of their their identity. Get a bit more out of um, their uh, profile. We're going to see other things. Obviously, the um, the subscribe button for newsletters. Um, they've yeah. talked about that. So there's lots coming. That because uh, they've also got the business ones. Profile page is more useful. 
Yeah, well, because that's right. Earlier on in the year, we t- they talked about, and there was pictures out of the business profiles where it, rather than just having a simple pinned tweet, your profile can have interchangeable kind of bits that you can pin or be part of the profile, which give additional info to do with things like their, you know, uh, background to who the person is. So th- this is all building towards creators being more part of the ecosystem of Twitter. And actually, you want to know more than a sort of short bio. You kind of want a tab that says about this account and a bit more detail about maybe previous stuff that they've done so um this is all building to that i think and uh, i'm looking forward to having to play with it um instagram has uh gone on with its what it's been saying it was going to do which is to kind of rid or not necessarily rid but kind of reduce the amount of uh, uh activity where people are sharing feed posts into stories because um they see say that they get a lot of feedback that they um people don't like the way it is and it's just too much re- reposting of the same stuff it's not adding any value and so they're putting a bit more friction in there and a different way to do it by putting in a, a sticker for stories for you to uh, add in a feed post it's a bit more fiddly but at the same time it kind of hopefully forces people to think about what they're using reshare for so um i'm not sure if i've seen anyone who has it yet um do you and do you share a lot of feed posts i don't really i don't think i do i don't really do much, i don't no, really do much I, of my stories yeah well i i'm i'm far more of a kind of native stories person i i barely ever sh- sh- share anything in my feed whatsoever um it, it, i i like the stories um mode of sharing on instagram to be honest so uh, that's just my my preferred thing unless i'm you know doing something where you know i really wanted to promote it or whatever but i i used to be a lot more of a kind of personal sharer of oh here's where i am and stuff and uh I don't know. I don't have time for that stuff these days. So. Well, that's the main reason yeah. I don't do stories because I am an ADHD Twitter kind of person. Yeah. So stopping and, and creating something really you know beautiful or making it kind of fancy and engaging that we should what you you know should be doing if you're making a story some of the time at least and uh mine mine i'm not the time for it so i just don't do it i'm a uh-huh. uh whatsapp a bit of whatsapp stuff so yeah the multiple device um feature that's been wait you know waiting to come on for a while and we, we discussed this with the head of whatsapp in our chat earlier yesterday um and it's you know quite a big technical change that's had to be kind of created to make this happen to make it work within end-to-end encryption and being able to use your device a user whatsapp on multiple devices but only one phone um but you could use it on your desktop version uh, the web version on portal devices etc without a lot of the sort of fuss that you had to do before in terms of things it's um but yeah so that's a, that's a good thing i don't think there's anything really more to, to say about that one as uh, snapchat someone sent me a, a screenshot today of the fact that a change to the way that you view certain posts in in some of the parts of snapchat that are are not scrollable feeds there's a lot more there's a feed that this guy's got now where it's actually just like tiktok so a bit like the, the spotlight feed which is a bit like that video vertical scrolling other areas of snapchat's um, explore, um, explore mode is uh, going that way as well so uh, people copying what works i guess uh new emojis have you seen them martin there's, there's a bunch of them that may or may not make the cut for when it's um, decided later this year uh, i think the one there was a peeking hands uh, emoji that looked quite uh, useful i thought and there was oh god what's the ones there's some there's a range of different ones um in there but uh yeah that could be about, I, think, I think there's about 50 60 maybe even more than that uh what do you uh, make I, of I love i love how people just keep coming up with new ideas for emojis like will we ever have um uh but we have a run out of emojis. Uh, there's there's a troll. <laughs> I think that's a good one. Very useful. Yeah, yeah. So it's a, a picture of a kind of Shrek-like troll. So I think that one will get a lot of use. Uh, so that, that's probably my favourite. Um, but uh, uh, a glitter a, a glitter ball, an empty battery. 
Uh, There's a saluting face, um, yeah. saluting face, and the other one is a hand in front of mouth. Mouth is if to say like, oh, like can't talk about that. <laughs> um, so yeah, it looks uh, there's some good ones in there this time. So I'm hoping that they all make it because they're all good. Uh, what else is there? Yeah, Twitter will let you know if uh, the reason why you're not worthy of a blue tick, and uh, it's a, that <laughs> softens the blow or infuriates you more. But there will be some added information. I'm guessing it'd be kind of pre-prepared sort of statements that they can whack in there for each of the areas that they could reject you for or maybe not but um, the numbers that they're getting requested i'm sure would mean it needs to be somewhat automated so yeah if you want to know why if you apply next soon or apply from now i'm not sure exactly when it starts working you'll get uh, get your reason from that um, it's a good idea for them because it probably stops people immediately reapplying because if they're like, oh they're wrong i should i should be verified i'll just try again uh, as soon as they can whereas if uh, there's a reason they might stop and think a bit more uh, so yeah I think it's a good idea. Yeah, and Instagram testing uh, sort of, um, updates to their desktop posting publishing because and recently they've enabled for some users i'm guessing it's rolling out globally uh, as we speak the ability to do stuff on desktop for for instance without any uh, additional tools and and it now seems to be testing to uh, an extension to that where you can trim videos so it's just making it more uh, available to creators to choose whichever way they want to access and publish and schedule and they can do it in desktop and um, instagram.com is, is getting some extra features to to allow for that um have you got sound emojis yet on messenger i keep refreshing closing opening <laughs> app i haven't seen any have you not yet, no. Um, I, are you going to start sending me lots of sound? They sound. They reckon they're going to, they're going to be really annoying. And if it's someone yeah. like me that already uses voice notes far too much and annoys everyone as it is with my own voice, doing something where it kind of gives you an even more annoying voice yeah, with a little emoji is not going to make me smile. I think it's just going to be really irritating. It'll be I think it'll be fun for maybe younger people. Maybe like um, uh, maybe kids might might enjoy it. I uh, mm. not really for me. I was I had the the blog post announcement open. Um, uh, and uh, was just reading it. I was like, "What's that sound?" All these sounds started coming out, and it was uh, they, they had like a video of the, some of the sounds in the blog post announcement. I was like, "Whoa!" Uh, so yeah, not for me, but uh, but yeah, uh, may, maybe something for for teenagers, perhaps. Well, Alex on Facebook is listening. Alex, I still can't use it. I can't get it to work. Tell me how to fix <laughs> it. I've done everything I can. I'm on the beta, so I would have thought it ages ago, but it doesn't seem to be showing up. Anyway, well, when I get it, I'm going to blast a load of them out and see how annoying people find them. Um, another <laughs> tiny one is Twitter. Um, this does bother me because there's sometimes when I send DMs, which are the same message, but it's to a bunch of people, but I don't want it to be a group message chat thing. I want the same message to go to multiple people individually so I can respond to them individually well they're testing that now it seems like another one of those features that you think would be there or should be there because it's just a basic thing but it isn't um but it's coming so uh mm. one of the tiny ones that I've, I've wanted for a while my um, worry about that is it turns into spam yeah I'm sure well, that's like probably me, you why. get added to those groups where spammers add you to a group of random verified accounts i bet you they'll you a link or something I think uh, they probably yeah. have like eight accounts or something. Yeah, yeah. I think that, it's that seems fun to... to see who you've been added in with. But other than that, you're like, why have you sent me this? And but if they can send it, so it looks like they've just sent it to you rather than a group of people, it might be more, more. effective. Um, yeah. So yeah, how they stop this being spammy, I don't know. I don't know. Um, the um, 
in our newsletter suite, we, our newsletter is sponsored by Hootsuite, so I'd be very transparent that they are. But they've also put in a really good piece of content this week for those that want to know how to add a swipe up link um, to your story without needing 10,000 followers and not needing the new link sticker. There's a, a, a way to, to do that. It's been doing the rounds, I think, this week in a lot of places, but the link to that in the hidden gem in the newsletter. Um, other quick thing to plug is um, the Headland Consultancy in London. They got some amazing clients like TikTok, Pepsi, eBay, ASOS, KC. Um, they've got a really good social media digital expert role in London, which is uh, London office based, part remote some of the time, but I think that's kind of like everyone at the moment. Um, so if you have the need for a job and that sounds up your street, then have a look at it because it looks really good with Headland Consultancy. Um, a few other bits and pieces, and then we'll get into the main kind of like talking point stories which have been in the news. Um, yeah, there's a lot about the book that's come out this week, which I think we're going to come on to in a minute. And the story at the top of the In Case You Missed It links I've got in the newsletter, one of them is about uh, information in the book around uh, members of staff being uh, fired effectively at Facebook for regularly checking into um, accounts of their partners or their exes whilst at work. Basically, like, if you're equivalent of working for a bank and are looking at the bank details of, of somebody that's, you know, family or friend them. So, yeah, lots of uh, shady stuff there, but the book's full of all of these stories. Um, verification, there's a story on CNET, I think, about the sort of inside the, the world of like verification scammers and how they operate, which for me was fascinating. I, get, I still get, I got like five messages last week or six messages from people saying, I've just seen your YouTube video of how to get verified. I'm just wanted to check that it's legit. And I'm like, I haven't got a video <laughs> up. And this is the same video that's doing the rounds. It's someone oh, who's got no. some girl voice overlaid on top of a video which shows my account and then pretending to be me and it being their account that they're operating, which has got the blue tick, and then saying that this is how I got my blue tick. It's, yeah, another scam. Um, someone did a survey um, over the last few weeks of social media managers. I think it, from what I can remember, it's US-based, um, but it goes through based on number of years experience, job title, um, uh, all sorts of other fa- um, sort of filters and things you can do to figure out you know, the typical pay rates for, for the roles in social media. Um, slightly, you know, not that it's not similar to the U and the UK in many ways, because there's lots of different things in there, but it still gives you a, an interesting uh, guideline to see if you're not, if you're not being paid enough, mm. basically, which I can, I can spoil the fun. It, yeah. You don't get as much money as you should. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be Continued at scs.georgetown.com. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Um, emojis. Yeah, Adobe have put out their emoji trend report that there's loads in there. So if you have a chance to Google that or find the link in the newsletter, there's tons of uh, emoji facts and stats. Um, so let's go into the first news, big news story, which is Twitter's fleets. It's dead. They killed it. 
Uh, are, are, are you sad about this or not? Because I'll is kind of anybody sad about it? Well, I'm happy. I'm happy. Um, I mean, most people probably just shrug and go, "Well, I didn't really use it anyway." But I'm happy because people talk about uh, people have talked quite a lot in the last year or so about how uh, Twitter is really picking up the pace in terms of product development. But part of product development is killing the things that aren't working quickly so you're not wasting resources on them and you can yeah. focus on the good things and the things that are working. So I think it's good that they've given it you know, just over a year and it's not worked and they've said, right, goodbye, it's gone. And uh, yeah, uh, more space there that they can use for other things, you know, uh, you can imagine a uh, uh, you know maybe some something more to do with spaces or something up there. I'd imagine be spaces, and and I was trying to think you know like when you go and I go into Instagram, I'm, I think I'm probably similar to a lot of people, and I know you said you're the same. That I'll tap on the first story that's at the top, and then I'll spend ages scrolling, and if they don't run out, which they never do, which is the, the beauty for Facebook and Instagram of keeping you there, then I might look at some feed posts and stuff. The same behavior is just never sort of got going at all on Twitter. And there's lots of reasons why that is partly because of the location of it in, in, amongst the app in terms of where they've placed fleets to be able to find them. Uh, although they did improve it later on with the ability to tap the people's profile face and then you'll be able to go into them as well. But also it didn't have any creative tools really for a long time. And it still hasn't got anything really beyond the basic a sticker and some fonts. And you know, that's about it. Uh, and any one font, isn't it? It's not even fonts. Uh, and then also, I just couldn't get into find figuring out a way that would be really fun to use it for me personally. So I ended up doing what most of the people whose uh, lit fleets I saw over the time it was there, which was putting you know, a, a spotlight on another one of your tweets or maybe one other person's because you want a bit more, a few more eyeballs on it. It's just kind of boosting and juicing existing uh, posts of your own. I'd um, have used it more if I if it, if it weren't in a pandemic. I'd have probably used it more in the way I used to use pre-pandemic Instagram stories, which was, I'm at an interesting event, or I'm, you know, here's an interesting thing I've just seen, take a photo and share it, which I, I do on Instagram in an, in normal times. So I probably have used fleets in that way as well, uh, to reach a different audience with the same kind of thing that I wouldn't necessarily tweet, but, you know, it's interesting enough for a, uh, for an, a quick photo or something. So I wonder if part of it is that people haven't been using it because of the fact that well you're not going to share a photo of you sat at home doing not very much you know sat at your your desk working at home again um so yeah i do wonder if the pandemic is maybe one factor in why fleets didn't take off yeah i think there's lots of other things about it that kind of limited its potential but one of the good things that have come out of it is that they're going to keep on some of the basic creation tools that were part of fleets will live on in terms of what you can do with other aspects of twitter for when you're creating a post and adding any sort of media to it so that's good because for a long time i've kind of wondered why they haven't stuck at least a few more like the ability like if you had an image and you want to be able to put a doodle to circle something on the image and put an arrow you know mm. basic stuff yeah. like annotation for twitter and for new News, you think that'd be extremely useful and what uh, it baffles me that that hasn't been done but anyway uh fleets is dead i don't know if anyone here is listening used it a lot or liked it or loved it or whatever else i'll be interested if uh, anyone has a, a view on it or just flash one of the emoji reactions in here to sort of tell me if you thought it was any good to you um but whilst uh we uh, think about that we'll also move on to the next story which is about euro 2020 and this has just been everywhere now for ages and, and rightly so um this is a story about um social media 
online racist abuse against England football players and also football players in general. And I'm sure it's not just limited to um, to players in England or for playing for England. Uh, and also the you know the, the outcry from well from several ministers who previously weren't so bothered about it, and if that actually <laughs> were were actually saying suggesting that you know people shouldn't be gesturing and being on the knee and the rest of it. Um, so they got called out by some of the player English players for for that kind of uh, uh, behaviour. And then uh, the fact, of course, the platforms, because you know th- this isn't a message that's new to to Instagram or Facebook or Twitter or TikTok or any of them. Um, and the same message seems to come out. It seems to be a, a cycle of the same sort of pattern. Something happens on social media that's you know they could could have more of a role to play in and could do more to stop and prevent. That's not good, like what we're seeing here with the use of emojis to you know inflict racist abuse and stuff. And then they somebody's loads of people that posts are not removed or they say they don't. There's nothing wrong with them because they're and you speak to Instagram and they say, oh yeah, it's, you know we, we made a mistake or we've changed the system now it's fixed. It was a bug. It was it, it wasn't meant to work that way. Um, and then an admission by Facebook or Instagram or anyone else that oh you know we know we need to do better and we will. And then it dies down and then it happens again and that's what will keep on happening. Um, but it's, this one's prolonged a bit, you know, there's been a lot more attention yeah. on it. And so it's been a, a busy week for the comms people at various social platforms. What, what have you made of it all? Well, I, th- I think part of it, and the reason it's happened, um, it seems to have become such a big thing in England is it's it, obviously it's a bad thing, but it feels like it's been a way of, for people to focus their energy um, on something other than the loss. And so obviously, you know, the, the, the the the, um, the the racist abuse is never acceptable. And like you say, it's usually flares up in terms of an outrage about it and it, it goes, drops down again. It feels more prolonged this time because we got so close to winning and people are so emotional about that. You know, how dare you do this to, to our lads and that kind of thing. So it feels like it's kind of uh, people put, putting their energy into it. The public are putting their energy into getting really passionate about it. And um, yeah, it's a good thing. It needs to happen. Um uh, I do think that it's not entirely the platform's fault. I think that yes, they need to do more. But uh, as you were saying, you know, uh, this comes right from the top. It needs to be, you know, you need to see people at the very top of society uh, setting the right example. And we've seen far too much uh, divisiveness and trying to engineer divisiveness in order to uh, kind of win votes and uh, keep people divided and keep keep control. Um, and uh, that that has really bad consequences and uh, one of those consequences is people who maybe hide their views um when it's it's not socially acceptable feeling it's suddenly it's okay to let them loose there's loads of stuff that i, I want to talk to talk about on this one because it's it is a really important one and i think the um so some of the stuff that i is, i've been thinking about when this has been going on and what other people have been talking about uh one of the main threads has been well you just need to get everyone to give id that's the solution you get everyone to submit id you, t- you put real world consequences behind stuff that happens in an online world people won't feel so emboldened and and a bit able to do it because they're not anonymous it would remove the anonymity behind it and then that will eradicate most of it and problem solve. But that's just that's not solving the, the what is the underlying problem, which is actually this is a societal or a cultural issue. This is a problem with people, humans, and there's a tool, a mechanism at the moment that's being exploited and it's bringing it to the surface by the way those platforms work. And so 
my view on the whole ID thing is that you know there there is obvious merit in that because the lot that logic does seem you know reasonable. But many experts and many people who have, have done a lot of research in this area have come out and said what a lot of people are thinking, which is actually there's a good reason why there's anonymity online. There's certain groups that need that to be able to kind of either protect themselves, whether it's whistleblowers, pe- people who are victims of some other abuse and they don't want to be sort of talk about it publicly and knowing who, you know who they are. Um, a whole raft of people in foreign countries that need to, that kind of protection of anonymity. And so you can't just rob those people of that anonymity to, to fix this problem. It's just moving one problem to the next. So then, well, okay, we don't have that. We don't have ID. It, we've still got the problem. And so then, you're, for me, you're left in a situation where the platforms don't want to tackle and make some of the harder decisions about what stays up and what gets taken down and, and the tech's not fully there to tackle the problem. But then government also are hesitant or, or taking their time and actually being the ones that set the rules because they know that people also won't like it if a government's telling them that they can't post this or shouldn't post that. Um, so it's, it's, we've said it millions of times. This is a, the, one of the worst areas of social media I can imagine you have to work in. And of course, let's not forget the moderation, the people are doing this sort of human moderation and the horrendous stuff that they see and, and, and the effect it has on them. So you know, what, what was your kind of, which side of the fence in terms of that debate around ID did you end up landing on with all this? Well, the ID debate has kind of moved on a little bit. A lot, some people quite a while ago were, were saying, oh, you can't have an anonymous account, so you can't have an account that's, you know, um, I'm Bob the Builder or whatever, and with a picture of the character Bob the Builder. When you're not Bob the Builder, you're obviously a human being pretending uh, to be someone else. Uh, but you can't do that because you need to show who you really are on social media. But the debate around that has kind of moved on to, well, you can have, you know, anonymous accounts, but you have to file some, you know, your driving license or passport or some kind of uh, ID with the uh, companies who uh, run the platforms so that if there is ever a problem where you've done something um, bad, you know, something illegal, then the police can very quickly go and say, who is this person? But that sounds horribly authoritarian. And there are lots of reasons why pe- that, that would still have a chilling effect on freedom of speech. That would still have a, a problem where people were, well, I don't want to be, uh, you know, I'm not doing, I'm not never going to do anything wrong, but I don't want to have that side of my personality tied to my real personality. Uh, you know, I can think of even just, you know, pretty innocent things, you know, people always think it sounds suspicious to be like that. But, you know, there are many reasons, like you said, uh, but even just people who have a job that is quite high profile, but they want to express their real opinions just to get them off their chest. And they can't do that with to their own name because it'll cause all sorts of problems. And so having an alt is a great way of doing that. And yeah, so the, I think the anonymous uh, thing is a non-starter. I also think that the whole um, blaming the um, social platforms uh, for all the problems—they're uh, an easy whipping boy. They're an easy target. They're easy. Let's just let's just blame them for everything, and then we we don't have to worry about the fact that actually it's a much greater societal problem uh, in the uk we, we you know, just forget just remember that just a few weeks ago we had a, a report into institutional racism that declared that the uk wasn't racist in any way and or wasn't institutionally racist and pretty much everyone immediately went who wasn't involved in the report immediately went oh, that's ridiculous so this stuff needs to start with a, an admission of a problem in society rather than a problem that is just the fault of tech companies yeah, I think you're absolutely right. I think that's where I'm at with it, if I'm honest. Um, I do think that there's this frustration and concern, the fact that the companies like Facebook and others 
put out these products. I, I keep saying Facebook. I said, sorry for Alex who's listening to this thinking, why do you keep saying, <laughs> saying Facebook? <laughs> say, say another company like Twitter, TikTok, others, um, is that, you know, they create products and tools that offer a lot of great services, free services based on the, the trade-off with privacy and tracking and stuff that we, we know exists. Um, and some of these are really, really great. But there's also bad um, outcomes from some of these and some of them that we don't have, un, you know, there's unintended consequences. And then suddenly it's out there in the open and it's causing some quite significant issues and not just locally, but around the world, with the billions of users, these platforms. And it's a case of, well, we'll fix it later we'll you know we'll, we'll fix it once it's you know once it's out there let's not worry about fixing it and making sure it works and testing it to a point where we can see what the effect might be if everybody had it now I, i'd imagine that, that a lot of that does go on of course it does but it does seem sometimes that these things go out these tools and features and then the the, the problems with them are, are something for as an afterthought and I, the, the analogy that keeps getting come back to is the one with you know a car you wouldn't let a car on the road that you knew could potentially cause you harm and damage and all these sorts of things that could you know be tested and made better and prevent these problems from happening um you'd expect that to be roadworthy and tick all the boxes before before it's out there to be bought but with social and tech and stuff it, it is a completely different you know industry of course it is but it does sometimes think yeah you know maybe they should should have thought about some of this beforehand but anyway that's what my view on it um i think we should move on to other things with time is half past and we've got quite a few other bits to discuss as well um so the book ugly truth this is um from the two writers from the new york times uh, shira frankel and Cecilia Kang's book. Um, I haven't read it. Um, I've read bits of it, um, from which have been in various different publications. There's lots of stories. This is kind of a chronology, almost, of, of the failings of, of Facebook as a, as a company and, and the, the people that kind of created it and, and run the company. Uh, and you know, what was the response? What was the outcomes from some of it? And stories from people who were in in the company or, or close sources to people who could reveal stuff that maybe we didn't know before. I'm sure it's going to make for a, a great reading and uh and it's you know one of I, I saw a stat the other day about how many books there have been about facebook in however many years and it's, it's as, mm. as you'd imagine quite a large number uh, but only a handful are, are worthy of, of reading and from the reviews i've seen of this one this this is one that i would want to read um there's lots of bits to pick out of the book was there any bits for you that have already come out that were quite interesting and what do you what do you make of the book and, and it, the way it's been received well, um, it, it, it's it, yeah, it, it, it's particularly well sourced. I think this book. It, it, they've talked talked to lots and lots of uh, former employees uh, to get a, a good spread of opinions and uh, so uh, and, and stories and insights. So uh, I think that, that's particularly interesting. So yeah, well worth reading. I've not read it yet, but it certainly sounds like something that's worth reading. Um, in terms of things that have come out of it, I think as we put in the newsletter, uh, there seems to be a theme around uh, Facebook, perhaps not taking the right lessons from scandals and bad news about it itself in the news rather than saying how can we learn from this and maybe they've got a point it's to shut it down and say how can we stop this being an issue um uh, how can we deflect from this <laughs> deflect rather than introspect as we put in the uh, in the newsletter and uh, that seems to be a recurring problem for uh, Facebook. Uh, another New York Times journalist, Kevin Roos, uh, this week had a really interesting article out about uh, how uh, his, ex his experiences with, um, uh, he does a Twitter account that uh, uses CrowdTangle to uh, look at uh, uh, the uh, most uh, uh, shared posts on uh, on Facebook. Um, and uh, the, the reaction he got from Facebook uh, executives to that and kind of insights into how that was dealt with internally and how they tried to uh, deflect it and how now they seem to be actually 
dismantling the crowd tangle team. Well, I <laughs> so was reading this. I kind of say, oh, doesn't sound like maybe we should just get rid of the product or at least, you know, new to the product a bit rather than look at the problem. It was, I was reading this and I was thinking there'd be so many, uh, whether it be social media managers or journalists yeah. and reporters that have been going, oh, no. And you can sort of feel the story building, like where they're getting to, like the, the crowd t- um, tangle tool being pulled away and removed. I was thinking, don't do that. It's like one of the few tools yeah. that's actually any good for kind of digging into to Facebook. And then and that's the way Facebook wanted it and wants it. But now it doesn't want any of it by the sounds of it because it's actually uh, showing itself up to be a bit more of maybe what uh, people have suspected. Um, I think we could probably, the people at Facebook and uh, and many others will have differing views as to what mm. this, some of this data actually shows and the interpretation of it. You know, there's lots of ways to spin any bit of data. But the fact that, you know, if there's any... Cr- credence to the stuff that's in in this book about this particular bit then uh, i can't imagine what it'd be like to to be uh, is it craig silverman i think that's his name isn't it? mm-hmm. it's bit, who does the stuff for crowd uh, tangle a t- business that he created and then sold to facebook continued working on and managing and developing his baby and then suddenly this happens you could say well yeah. not, facebook has got form so maybe you should not you know you should expect that <laughs> they bought the company um, but anyway yeah worth a read uh, lots of stuff in there um, and there's loads of links to different bits about what has been released in the book through, throughout the, my newsletter today so have a have a little look um let's have a quick jump around some of the kind of other stories that were kind of going on as well that were sort of smaller but noteworthy um so facebook's making the facebook pay available as a payment option a bit like apple pay on on third-party sites I think that for me that's just a no, one of those things you kind of expect them to do yeah. i guess it also normalizes the, the use of Facebook is a, is a, a, a member of the options you've got when you go to buy anything anywhere. It's Apple Pay, it's credit card, cash card, whatever, or Facebook Pay. But I do still think people see that word Facebook and then it just still just slightly air towards the other ones just because of so much, uh, how much they get talked about in terms of, of privacy and, and all the rest of it. But we will see. Um, I won't talk too much about the spy stuff. There was a story that was to do with the head of MI5 talking about and calling out WhatsApp's boss um, around uh, their plans for encryption and we talked to, to Will at uh, WhatsApp about it and it's in the podcast it's out on Monday to have a listen to to see what their reaction to being uh, picked on by the, mm-hmm. the head of MI5 um, what other ones we got there let's have a little dance around a few of them uh, so Facebook yeah giving up they say on their brain interface um, tech plans because they talked about in, and they talked about on our again on our podcast when Boz was there a few years ago about the plans for the ability to be able to kind of think things like open an email write an email and the thought, the thought of it, your brain waves and electrical impulses on your body and things would tell uh, the computer to kind of do what you wanted to do. So uh, a new way of controlling AR and VR stuff. But now they're sort of backing away from that slightly and, uh, and they're moving towards more like uh, devices, like wearables, like watch being the obvious one, which we've already heard them talk about. So um, I, the story headline of, you know, Facebook in, you know, has brain, brain implants. You might be a, slight <laughs> fur, a bit further away. They're slightly further removed from the... From, uh, chance of it being on the splash on the front pages of the new york times for a little bit longer um what else have we got there so yeah twitter's got in trouble for verifying several fake accounts um uh, that obviously didn't go down well with the millions of people who are applying for for verification mm-hmm. these, these bot accounts somehow didn't manage to do it <laughs> people are spending like hours well, yeah. drafting I mean, their forms and then these people are just like yeah verify <laughs> and also if, if they verify those then you can kind of understand why people are then like well I was meant to be verified, but their verification system is 
rubbish. So, you know, maybe it, it didn't work. It, I'll do it, it, it reduces again. it reduces trust in the whole verification system. So, uh, yeah, um, uh, hopefully they've uh, they've nailed down the uh, bugs there and got rid of them, and, and that's not going to happen again. Yeah, yeah. Uh, TikTok stuff. Uh, TikTok has got like a pop up shop in London. In we- uh, so is it Westfield? I never remember the name. It's Westfield, yes. isn't it? Uh, and so there's a chance to go to a pop up uh, bricks and mortars, up what they used to call it, uh, store, which is going to have TikTok creators and stars and experts for you to kind of see, you know, see them talking about their career on TikTok and for businesses to get some information from and a bit more hands on. So if you're in the UK and in London and want to go to a TikTok shop, there is one in London to go to. Um, let's go down so youtube's shorts is now rolled out the, the tiktok video equivalent on youtube uh, it, it started rolling out to quite a number of the main countries around the world the bigger countries around the world um but now everyone's got it um i still don't find myself searching out for shorts in the same way i look for tiktoks and it, and less so for reels well it's even less for shorts but it is early days and it's just i, I guess i just don't i'm often in instagram and i will use tiktok but i don't find myself in the same way in the youtube app scrolling through so that's not a natural behavior to do is it so it'd be interesting how many people take up not only the creation of it from the money they're throwing at it but also the consuming of the content um we will we'll see uh Dis- discord's bought centropy which is a company that was splashing around to do with um, auto moderation and using ai to kind of really help uh, i guess you self-manage your account if you're being trolled a lot of the time when you're a brand uh and uh it's now bought that technology has been bought by by Discord, so I guess they're going to integrate that into into their platform, and their platform is just going you know growing hugely over the last few years. So that's going to be very useful, I'm sure. Um, Club uh, Clubhouse, have you used it yet? Back Channel is now at, uh, there, so this is basically Twitter Spaces with DMs, which we, has been there since mm. day one. Clubhouse has now got the thing it really needed, uh, and as soon as possible, uh, a messaging private messaging feature. It's not fully functional in the way that I thought they might have. In, you know, in, implement it in that yeah. there would be a text chat room where you could chat to all or chat to individuals, and maybe that is coming. I haven't read the notes up on on what their plans are for it. I wasn't part of of that, but um, uh, yeah. Do you do, do you do you imagine yourself using it more because of that, or does it change it for you? Um, I, I, to be honest, I, I had a quick look around uh, Clubhouse, and um, some of the kind of regular users on there seem very excited about it, and uh, we're, we're keen to use it. So certainly one that the uh, regular users are going to be happy about. But I don't think it's going to drag more people in um it's it's basically you you know group chat or one-to-one chat um that's it it's pretty basic but uh something that helps uh add to the product and make it a bit more uh, a bit more fully featured uh the other thing that they did this week was they've announced that they've partnered with ted uh of the ted talks uh to uh provide exclusive content for uh, clubhouse which isn't surprising none of the reports um about this this week um pulled on the the point that uh, clubhouse actually hired the person who used to book ted talks a couple of months ago <laughs> and now they've partnered with ted so it's completely unsurprising uh, but uh, probably a good partner partnership for them because uh, yeah they, they need high quality content to get away from all the uh, scam rooms and silent networking rooms and and all of that that, that just put people off yeah, is well. I, I said it in last week's uh, version uh, edition of this, and in the newsletter that I've opened Clubhouse like a couple couple of times in the last month, barely. And even then, it was just to see if there's a new feature, to see what it looked like. So, um, if I'm a, a model of what most people are feeling like, and, and that's what I'm seeing talked about lots, is that they're just not using it as much. But um, but it's hard to say, isn't it? It's all anecdotal for me, anyway. Um, there's Dua Lipa in the news because she's had photos that was 
taken by a paparazzi by a photographer um, and used and, and then she's taken those pictures as far as I can see and used them herself on her own social channels and now is, there's a claim for copyright infringement being put against her and this isn't the first one that's been done in, with that kind of scenario with celebrities taking images uh, and then using them without the permission and, and paying the royalties for them for the for the paps but there is that, that added sort of complexity of course that is that they often complain celebrities about and rightly so I don't think that's about wrong of them to complain about the intrusion by photographers um, and the pay- pests that they are and then they kind of taking the photos and using them for their own purposes and benefits so it's a bit of a tricky one to to think about how they're going to defend some of their things on this but it also shows the copyright laws are still uh kind of a bit complicated i guess is the way to say it um let's have a look at some other stats oh there's tiktok has now hit a milestone for being is it the first non-facebook app to hit three billion downloads globally and i think that says a lot about kind of the rise of tiktok but also about the monopoly uh potential or likelihood is it is it that's what they got i'm trying to pick my words carefully but i don't need to really i don't work for them um so yeah, you know, people were suggesting you know it's, it's taken this long, and only this app was spent who spent billions to try and get to it to be able to topple some of these apps. But I'd also say there's lots of companies out there in the world. There's always like super big companies that you know you never you'd like to be as good as and, and successful as. And uh, the fact that this is one app that's you know challenging a, a big rival, um, I don't think that's too unsurprising. But it's just a matter of how much of that power is used for for good and, and for evil. Um, let's have a look at the other bits. Uh, anything else that's worth talking about let's jump down actually because i've noticed the time uh, and quickly finish off by looking at some of the stuff that's in the weekend reads because there's, there's a whole raft of smaller features if you want to know all the ins and outs of tiny little changes that are quite interesting on all the platforms then quick hits and the second half of the newsletter's got loads of them but um weekend reads the main item this one's from new york times about facebook wanted to court creators and and the reason why that isn't going to be as straightforward as as, as maybe it hopes or thinks it will be um, um, I think that's from anyone who works in social media. That makes sense to them. Uh, do you think? It's, it, do you agree that it's going to be a pretty challenging for them, or do you think they can spend their way out of trouble? Uh, well, I think as we were saying earlier, I think there are enough creators out there that uh, that, that some of them will be attracted to it. Um, it it's partly, uh, I think, um, for Facebook, um, courting creators, especially with the cash. Um, that they're trying to spend on them is, is the way they're doing it with incentives for reaching certain milestones and things. Um, does that feel like you're a bit of a kind of a, a performing seal or, you know, like a hamster in a wheel, you've got to run around a certain number of times to, to get a, to get a, 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 a nice little treat or whatever. Um, so yeah, um, I don't know, but uh, there are enough people out there for them to at least have a good shot at, uh, at, at it, maybe even defining new creators, maybe even finding new people who are doing things at the moment on Facebook and uh, actually find that they can uh, they can monetize it in a way they didn't even realize they could. I noticed that everyone who works uh, in social, from a professional point of view, quick on Twitter, hot on Twitter to jump on the fact that, that remember, never forget, you must never forget Facebook's pivot to video and how they spent <laughs> this money and told us to do it and we did it and, and then they spent a load of money and it cost us loads and then they changed their mind. So yeah, you could you could easily spit that one back up again. It was a fair game, I think, um, from, from the people that uh, spotted that. Um, other bits and pieces on there. Uh, what's the other one that was good for me that I thought was interesting we can read um 
Well, there was the piece about how Twitter's most prolific, uh, who are Twitter's most prolific citizen fact checkers. Uh, I think is this NPR? No, Pointer. Um, because there's this birdwatch feature which is available in the US and it's being tested and there's people doing it. They're not being, as far as I remember, they're not being paid, are they, um, yeah, to no. do it? And they're doing it uh, for their own reasons, for different reasons. And in this article, it goes through the people of putting notes and messages on tweets for this birdwatch feature to, to assist Twitter and to assist other Twitter users. You know, this is a, 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 a thing we see on many platforms. People are happy to be an admin or a moderator or something for, for things. Um, but um, I don't know if this is different or not. But, but Martin, uh, what, what other weekend reads do you think they were worth pointing out for, for this week? I'm always a fan of a contrarian take. So uh, Wired's piece, Is Social Media Making Us Better People? Uh, I think it's worth a look. One painful interaction at a time when mastering the gateway virtue of the network, network, network's world, tact. So uh, are we actually becoming better at communicating uh, through social media? Um, I, I think it's easy to say no. But uh, yeah, read that for an alternative take. Oh, absolutely. Um, and there, there was a story that I was hoping I was going to be able to put in the newsletter and hoping to be able to talk about today. Um, I can't say which publisher, but a, a significant news publisher was going to, is doing a story about a certain social platform. He's so careful with my words here. <laughs> and it's quite a detailed one and it's, it's not particularly not a good story for them. And I contributed to the, to the, uh, research that they were doing on it. And it was meant to go live yesterday, but I've been told now it's going to be midnight tonight for it to be a longer weekend read so as soon as Ooh. that's out i will um i will post it um because yeah it be, will be interesting to hear what other people think about it um other than that i think the only thing is worth saying is about next week's uh, geek out uh, podcast and um, we've got the twitter space sorry for the second episode with a second guest um who's the boss of uh, shopify in europe um, uh, and they are going to come on and talk about all the things to do with social commerce, uh, all the shopping features that we've seen popping up, and what their role as a business, Shopify, amongst many other players, plays in in, in this space. So, if you're uh, interested Shopify in all that stuff, really is the powerhouse behind the e-commerce explosion in many ways. And so, the fact that they're uh, they're helping uh, some of the social platforms to uh, enter the, the the shopping world is is really interesting. So, we should we should learn a lot. So, if you want to learn about one of the hottest trends of the year, do listen in. Yeah, so it's a different time this week. It's um, coming up. It's uh, Wednesday, 11.30 a.m. UK time. It will be for about 30, 45 minutes or so. And those that don't catch it, well, as I say, we will put that in the podcast feed the following week. Those that missed last week, this week's one, which was with Will Cathcart, head of WhatsApp, it's on, will be out as a podcast on Monday, uh, everywhere. And I'll obviously share and tweet in and you can hear what he had to say about some of the hot topics as well in social. Um, I think that's it. I'm going to head off now and get myself uh, a drink, get myself wound down for the weekend. I'm off down to the South Coast to do paddle boarding uh, in Sidmouth. Doesn't that sound like the most exciting thing in the world? Paddle boarding. So verified, you're going to need to go down to Sidmouth Beach this weekend. And, do you think uh, YouTube? <laughs> no, I could go to Facebook and get some of that billion pounds as a creator and do a new series. It's, it's paddle boarding in Sidmouth with Matt Navarra live on Facebook. It sounds like something that can make my, make my millions. Anyway, yeah. that's what I'm doing. What are you doing? Um, I am uh, doing not very much because I've got two poly children who are, who are getting better. So uh, looking after them basically right. and, and, no, and hoping hoping they're back at nursery on monday oh yeah that kind of you want to be a nice parent but not you just want to get back to school now fair <laughs> enough right well i'm going to go enjoy my weekend have a lovely weekend everybody and thanks for tuning in we'll chat again next week bye-bye bye, -bye. bye.